Boom! And we are back, dudes, to this. Another episode of Happy No Fear. I'm your host, Chase. And this week, we have a very special guest. I know I say that all the time, but he is an old friend of mine. Fantastic MC, hailing uh, from uh, the West LA scene. And decided a while back, many years ago, to start traveling. To start traveling the world. And that is not an easy feat. You have to have it in you. Uh, there's a lot of ups and downs. Let's find out what that's all about with my friend, Malkovich. We're live. Well, we're not live, but we're here. We're recording. This no, was live at one point. This this was live at one point. <laughs> exactly, at this point. So yeah, what I love is that I haven't seen you and I haven't caught up with you. I just Doesn't saw you. Matter. We didn't do a phone call. It was a DM. You're, you're in town until like, let's not say the date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't know when this is going to go up. Uh, and bam, here we are, man. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Plus, Seven years. It couldn't matter less. Unbelievable. Same vibe, same everything. Everyone's still around, man. I mean, I haven't been in LA. I haven't lived in LA since 2011. Like I come twice a year, maybe two weeks, maybe a month. But you know, I was worried for a really long time that like my my boys weren't gonna advance in life. You know, there was right. a, there was a time there, you know, where I was like, "Yo, what are we actually gonna do?" You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I see it now. Like there is growth. You know, right? We're not so, we're, we're not goon we're not goons to the grave. You know, right. like like some people some people moved on. You know, some people moved right. ahead. And families and all kinds of stuff, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, shit, we don't have none of that, but... <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, you yeah, know? Yeah, sure. Maybe I do. You know, there may be a... Yeah, exactly. Maybe you do. And, and that's... Uh, maybe that's ambition, you know what I mean? Maybe it that's is. like... I, I heard... Who did I hear here talk about it? I think it was... Uh, it wasn't Danny Brown or somebody. He was talking about, man, people that get married are the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet. <laughs> you know, why would you commit 40, 50, 30, the rest of your life... To one person, right? And, you know, that's sexually, mentally, story-wise, it's the same over and over again. You read the, I could do it, I think. I've done it for a couple of years before. But to really commit like that with a, with a straight face and be like, yeah, no worries. That's, I mean, I think that's, that's probably a difficult thing. I'd like to say that I can do it, but I'm 40 and I've never really done it. Like... Mm. I've had a couple of relationships, but they're always with one foot out the door. You know, I, I right. grew up traveling and I spent 20 years in America. You, should, you went through the same shit. Couldn't yeah. leave, trying to get a green card. Right. So, you know. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. So now it turns out that, you know, I tried to be American. I tried to be normal. I tried to be the type of guy who's going to get married. But as it turns out, my 40 years on this planet has been basically 13 years of travel. 20 years of trying to be normal and then I gave that shit up and I'm back to I'm back to original me man like I I know how to do this I know how to move I know how to set shop in a new country I can do it in a day flat you know like that's to me is bananas I respect that so much and just for people that are listening uh we go way back first of all number two uh we know each other through like the hip-hop scene in West LA you're part of Gershwin, BLX, all that stuff. This man Chase drew our first album cover. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 uh, Abrika Devji chiming in. Yeah. Chiming in right here. Yeah. By the way, that album cover 
is can I tell him what it is because it's very graphic. You can, you can. It's, I know you itching to say, but to talk it's, dirty. It's the dude <laughs> sitting on the toilet, jacking off to our music, but while he's getting caught by his mother. Now, that's pretty graphic. And then just keep this in mind: somebody tattooed that on themselves. Did you see that? I did not see that, but you just told me somebody that like fucking, five minutes ago. Uh, dude, I, I got it on my Facebook. Yeah, man. I, I would like I to see that photograph. To that dude, I think it's like. Uh, and by the way, the dick is not a dick; it's, it's a, a microphone. Because that was you guys were like MCs, and and that needed to be there need to be that 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 inkling there on the cover. Yeah, yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah, stuff. and plus we didn't want to do with an actual penis on the cover. Yeah, right also, <laughs> it's, still, it's still America after all, right? I don't know if I needed yeah. that. Yeah. You know? So it, it slipped through, and. Uh, I, I I would love to see that, but yeah. So to to move, well, what was I saying before you said that, uh, Charles? Oh, we go way back. Oh yeah, way back. But uh, ta, 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 ta. I was thinking about yeah, just the the leaving of you know, because you're living in a decent part of the world, you know. I tried, man. I tried for twenty years, and and you know. Uh, I was, it was 2011, and I had been living uh, at that apartment in Palms for right. about eight years. And um, in 2011, I broke up with my girlfriend, and she was just like, you know, you've never had your head in this relationship. You've always been like low key threatening to leave the country and just just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, and you didn't, and not, and not even with a plan. And she was just like, well, I'm fucking tired of it. Fucking go. Yeah. So you were always, because we, you never really mentioned about leaving again and, and, and during that time when I knew you that much. But maybe that was something that was internally something like girlfriend hears, you know? Yeah, because, yeah. because, and, you know, to, to loop back to marriage, like, she's just like, you're in no state for anything. Like, yeah. you, you forget about it, you yeah. know? So, so I was really sad. Like I, I was pretty depressed for like six, seven months. And around that time, like a few people in the building started dying. Like this homeless guy lived in the parking lot and he died. And then the old lady downstairs died. And my sisters used to live in the building. They moved out. Janet and Wendy, they moved out. And it was just like, okay, you know, this chapter of my life is definitely ending. Yeah. And 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 it's it's more than moving apartments because... I had it all. I had a great apartment. I had all my friends and my sisters in it. Like I was DJing down the street. I had a studio. Like you're not gonna top that. Like maybe if you were making money, but that leads me to the other point. I wasn't making shit. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and that is the first commandment of one bag is that you will you will make money. Like if you leave America, if you have if you're not making money in America, yeah, and it's just not working, get the fuck out. Go. And save. And first thing, first thing you'll save. Second thing is you're Western, so you have skills that they can't find out there. You're gonna find a job. Right. And after two or three, four years, guess what? You'll probably be able to move back to I've, America I've, and have some money. Yeah. In your I've seen it happen. I've seen a lot of people move uh, to Japan, to China, right? Mm -hmm. That were doing decent stuff, or less than decent stuff, or all kinds of variety. But then when they show up in in, in those parts. You know, they're kind of heralded as like from the West, from, mm -hmm. let's say, a, a mm -hmm. European country or from L.A. or from New York or something. Mm -hmm. And they're sort of like you stand out a lot because well, you're from you're from somewhere else. There's a little backlash now, you know, like all things like I remember, you know, in the 90s, the meal ticket was going to Belgium and Europe and doing shows. Yeah. And it was like yeah. anyone could do it and like, right. you know, pop off. And then similarly, there's a, you know, a crush of Western people showing up to Southeast Asia 
like, yo, and they get English teaching jobs, they tend to get English teaching right. jobs. And a lot of them don't even have degrees or qualifications, right. but because they're white and they're right. native speakers, I've seen that. I've, I've, they're going to easily yeah. get a job like lickety split, commanding, getting four to five times what the Vietnamese get. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Vietnamese, are, you know, it's very easy for them to be pissed off at you. Right. Now, if you do things the right way, then then they, they they they'll like you but generally you know like the backlash has started like you can't go to europe anymore and just be a rapper you ain't gonna get no shows right and similarly you can't just go to Viet like you can go to vietnam and get a, a pretty good job but people are gonna hate you unless you you give them reason not to. right so just to catch everyone up including myself so the, the uh the journey you're on now it's like a project slash lifestyle you call one bag right yeah. So explain that to people that are listening. And then I, I take it you ended up now in, in Vietnam mm -hmm. after like traveling all over the, this motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. So to uh, talk, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, I was, I was broke in LA. My relationship ended. And I was just like, I was 32, I think. And I was just like, you know, these are the measures of a man. Success and family. And I was not successful and I couldn't keep a relationship. And I was just like, okay, well, fuck this shit. And I, I just, I did what I know how to do. Like, I know how to travel. So. How did you know how to do that? Well, because I'm half Iranian, half English. I was born in Italy. I was traveling my whole young life. I lived in Libya. I lived in Portugal. I lived in Iran. I lived in England. Uh, so you're to, used to different scenes, different environments, acclimating, getting there, like feeling comfy. Yeah, yeah. And then keeping it moving. I blend in. And, uh, you know, it's a skill I learned. And it's part of the reason why relationships are hard because I'm used to that motion. Right. So it, it, it makes it hard to sit down. Like, I literally don't even like to sit down. Like, I normally... You can stand up if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is cool, but normally I'm not... I'm, I'm just... I, I'm very... You know, like I do a lot of self introspection these days. Some people meditate. I just write. Like I write for hours and hours. I have a huge, huge journal, and and I'm I've concluded that I'm a very insecure person, and there's always a negative connotation to that. But I don't think it's necessarily negative. You know, I just I'm just I'm not religious. I don't believe in life after death. I don't believe in you know at least not for me being too stuck to one place. Like that's insecurity. It's you know it's it's reality. Yeah. You know, it's without being secured to a dependable re recurrence. I mean, I right? just, in, in, in that notion, in, I, it's, in, in that it, way. yeah, it's literally insecurity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like a ball rolling is insecure because it's not fastened. Exactly. In, in that way, yeah. I mean, I mean, there is some of the traditional uh, definition in there. Like, you know, my dad wasn't around very much. I was raised by women. And I think as a man, that is uh, not a good thing. Right. And and. Uh, and that lead, that caused a lot of insecurities for me in my life, um, and also another reason why it's hard for me to keep a relationship. But on the flip side, like I can do this because yeah. of that, I can do this. Right, right, yeah. So I do it. Like yeah. I, you know, I always say, you, you know, people have to do what they can, and that means, you know, if 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 you can do it and no one else can do it, then do it. Mm -mm -mm. And I can do this. So yeah. I was like, all right. So how about like, but when you first thought, look, okay, the apartment's kind of done, the community I, I had around that, the relationship, everything is done. 
I feel like, okay, this is probably a chapter. You're a writer, so you think in, in sort of exactly. bits and pieces, right? So this chapter is now over. What was the first place? Did you look at a map and say, fuck it, I'm going to go yeah, over yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Originally, it was not going to be just what it turned out to be. Originally, I wanted to move to New York because I think New York is the greatest city right. in the fucking world. And, right. and my friend had a room for me for 250 bucks. That's so, crazy. Exactly. So... You so, sure it was New York and not New Jersey? No, dog. It, it was, was uh, <laughs> it was Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. No shit. That's, yeah. that's Shout out to Bad Touch. Bad yeah. Touch. Thank you, brother. Who turned the air conditioning on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> I took a four-day trip. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. I, I moved all my shit in the street on- um, Like your on furniture? all Everything. Okay. Yeah. On New Year's Eve. I sold, no I sold my car to my ex. And then I, uh, on New Year's Day, 2012, all that shit was gone. And uh, I got on a train at Union Station, and I took a four-day train to New York. And as soon as I got there, he told me I only had four months to be there. So I was just like, "Fuck! How Which, do I?" So now, you got, now, now the, it's like the, the clock is ticking. Tick, exactly. Tick, tick. And 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 I just wanted to stay in New York. I'm like, "How do I survive in New York?" So you know, I started coming up with with different schemes to 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 eat and eat good and, you know it, which it, like it, well you know because because i make money not on music i make money on marketing i do music marketing on the side okay so uh i i, I started coming up with ideas on how to get a very high volume of clients like basically music and big data everything every business you can think of right now big data runs it it doesn't matter what it is there's a team of guys who don't know anything about your industry that are doing better at it than you are because they understand big data and they understand how to mine for the information that you need to sell. So I realized that very early and I started looking for ways to outsource. And that means going to other countries. Uh -huh. Now, at the uh -huh. same time, I'm having conversations with this producer named Becoming Phil. He lives in Namibia, which is a country in Africa. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I really like your shit. You should come to Africa and make an album with me. And it's funny because- And when you said your shit, you mean uh, your work as an MC? Make an album right, with me. Exactly. Right, exactly. Right. And it's funny because I'd always wanted to live in Africa. For, I mean, I lived in Libya for two years, but that's Arab. It, I don't consider it Africa, you know? Right. Africa for me is the apex. Like it was always the dream. It was a bit like, regardless of what any of this, what happened or not happened, Africa was definitely number one on the bucket list. And it's just funny how I look back at it now. And like, I didn't mean to do it. I wasn't like, okay, I got to cross this off the bucket list, but it fucking happened. Like I went from New York to New Orleans to uh, hang out with Voice and my godsons. Yeah, Shout yeah, out yeah, to yeah. Voice. Yeah. She put me down, she put me up rather in her, in, her, uh, in her house out in New Orleans. I got a lot of fam and friends in New Orleans. I, go, I got ties there now, very heavy. And then uh, I went to Atlanta for a month or two. And then in November, 2012, I took a plane from uh, LA, switched planes in London, uh, switched planes again in Johannesburg, and then landed in Vinta, Namibia. Namibia. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And one of the 55 uh, African countries. It is the second most sparsely populated country in the world. No way. It is the the, the number one is Mongolia. Number yeah. two is Namibia. And so we're talking like one person per like. I mean, it's the Kalahari Desert. You you can drive in a straight line. I have to be a, honest, a, I don't know a, that much about Namibia. You, you, uh, quick overview, okay? Yeah. Quick overview. It's um, it's shaped roughly like California. It is gigantic. It yeah. has a long. It has that long west coast of the southern Atlantic uh, portion of Africa. Right, right. So it's getting all that cold Atlantic wave. Uh huh. And um, 
It used to be a German colony. It is one of the only German colonies. So you, it's a really random place. It's all Africans eating bratwurst and drinking really good beer. And what? Yeah, it's really bizarre. That's bananas, man. And then it changed hands from the Germans to the uh, to the uh, Afrikaners, you know, yeah. when it, it became... The sub- Dutch and all that shit. It yeah. became subsumed into South Africa. It was right. known as Southwest Africa. And then um, when Mandela got uh, freedom for everyone in 1990, Namibia was freed as well. So, uh, and it became its own country, Namibia named after the Namib Desert. So I land there and this dude is just standing there. And, he, and this know, is a dude you met like through emails, through uh, Twitter. DM, Twitter even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I ended up going there. And he probably sent it out thinking, this motherfucker never going to reply to me. All of a sudden you do show up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you got me? Because I'm coming. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I got you. Yeah. And so you show up to Namibia. And I lived, I lived with him some for balls, a year. Some balls. Some balls. I lived with him for a year. I went back three times. What? I left and went back three times. From the first time you contacted or got contacted by that dude, how long did it take you to decide that you were going to go there? It was like... A month. Because you won that time clock of the, the four months in New York. So it's like that probably happened right around the month two or three. Yeah. Yeah. We, right? were, we were discussing it. We started discussing it in New Orleans. And right. then uh, by November, I was there. And uh, So you show up. And, and what do you bring on, on the trip? And did you know how long you were going to stay? Because now we're getting into the traveling aspect. How do you travel? Probably lightly. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I, I threw everything away. Like I, that's where the name One Bag comes from. Because I literally had one bag on, on the planet. You know, like yeah. I, I left like a yearbook at my, at my mom's house and crap like that. But how freeing is that? So you got a couple of hard drives, probably a, a laptop. It's amazing. And now that I have an apartment, I, I, I don't like it. You know, yeah. and and I'm lucky that in Vietnam the average apartment is furnished, so I don't have to buy a bunch of crazy crap. But it's still a little weird. But yeah, I mean, I just I just took some clothes and a laptop and a camera. I mean, I'm still a guy that rolls around with a camera. A lot of people think that's weird, but. Like a like a proper like DSLR like or something. Real, no, yeah. no, I, I have a, a Ricoh GR2. It's like an ASPC sensor and a. But it shoots good. Yeah, shoots amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is 2012. I didn't have one of those. Yeah. I had some some real junky shit. But I uh, I, I landed there and 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 it, it set the gears in motion on two levels. See my my, the purpose of my traveling is always have multiple levels. The the first thing that happened was that I realized that I could do this with other producers. So on Twitter, I put on my bio, an offer. I said, all producers, send me your beats. If I like them, I'll come to your country and I'll make an album with you. Yep. And I've done that so far in three countries. That's I've done amazing. It in Namibia, Italy, and Cambodia. Wow. So I have three unreleased albums, a bunch of footage and a bunch of videos, and they're all where I'm I'm about to kick I'm about to kick Malkovich season up again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, my last release was 2000, uh, 2014. Pre-boarding, Giles Peterson put it out for me. DJ Spinner mixed it, and uh, no one gave a crap. And that really kind of bugged me. And I just, I felt like, and I know that all artists and rap, especially rappers, can uh, empathize with this. I was just like, fuck y'all, y'all don't deserve more than this. Like, it, it was good stuff. And 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 if if this is not gelling, then I'm doing something fundamentally wrong. So I just spent the last few years amassing audio and video and getting the marketing arm really, really strong, which leads me to the second reason that I do all the traveling. And that is because I've been looking for a place to build an office for a record label right. and, and outsource the work and hire talented right. people. So the, the other thing that I was doing in Namibia, apart from recording an album, was I went to the local college 
and I rented a room in the local college and I hired four college students and they were working for me for four or five months. No like shit. I, I, I landed there and I started, uh, I started a label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we were just doing most in, mostly Intel preparation kind of stuff. I mean, we made a lot of mistakes, but- What's, but, what's the name of the label? Uh, or did you name it? Genoa Imports. Genoa. Because I was born in Genoa. Yeah, yeah, Italy. Yeah. yeah. So- uh, Are you Italian? Well, yeah, was a funny story. I never thought I was actually Italian. The only reason- I about, see it now a little bit. Yeah. The only reason I was born there was because uh, I was born the week of the Iranian revolution mm. and uh, my mother was this pregnant. And what was that, 67? That was uh, March 1979. Oh, 79, yeah, March you're not that old. Exactly. I knew that. And, uh, and, and she just took the first flight going and it happened to be going to Genoa. That's the only reason I was born there. I always tell people that I have no Italian blood, but I did that 23andMe thing, and I actually have 20%. I just talked about that today, because my friend did it, and like she fully did it. But I'm like, man, I, I keep hearing that, you know, because Facebook is one thing, you know, the mining of demographics, all that sort of stuff, the check-ins, you know. And, and, and now, you know, we're sort of like handing over all our DNA to the government. I mean, the return is nice. Yeah, I mean, well, who gives a fuck, really? Yeah, I mean, I, what I, are they going to do with I your kinda, DNA? I'm kind of weary about that sort of thing. Yeah, I know, but no one ever really knows why they're weary about it. Like, what could they possibly do with your DNA information it, that would cause any harm to you? You, n you never know how, you know, like these days, it's like one, one little statement of fact you know, or half fact, you know, can ruin a person. We've seen that now for a couple of years in all yes. kinds of ways. An accusation is enough. So not to say that I'm up to no good because I'm up to good things, but <laughs> still the, just the notion of it is like, uh, I don't know, you know, it's well, a one thing I was, One thing I always think about when I think about you is the night that you tried to convince me that the trade centers never fell down, the trade towers never oh, fell I was, down. Oh, I was heavy into that. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, my man, this is funny you say that. That I actually it's funny never you say that. No, it's, <laughs> I'll, t I'll tell you why I never said that. Because you, motherfucker, woke me up. Now we're talking. You woke me up 10.30 a.m. on September 11, 2001. Yeah. He's the I called everyone. No, 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 no. You were at my door. We watched the second yeah. tower on my couch yeah. go down live on That's TV. Right. Remember that? Woke I was me sleeping. Up as well, man, at like, you woke me up early. You woke me up like six. Five, I mean, if that ain't reason for Chuck, a morning call, I don't know what the he fuck He was is. at my door banging. I'm like, who the fuck is this? I, I open up James. He's like, Yo, we got to turn on the TV right now. The first tower uh, had already fallen. We yeah. turned on the TV literally like a minute later. We saw it together. Yeah, we watched that was nuts. go down in real time. So don't tell me about telling you that it didn't go down. It <laughs> did go down. Yo, it was a bar in Silver Lake and you stood outside that shit and you were like, but did they really come down? Like, no, I no, 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 no. You got me confused God. with somebody no, else. No, 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 no. Come on. No, no. I know you, bro. Dude. No, no. I, I, I know they came down, but... Uh, back then, I was heavy. Like in that period, I I went to go hear the engineers for uh, that that built the World World Trade Center. They were on a tour, going to mm -hmm. churches and stuff. I was there. Mm -hmm. uh, Ex CIA operatives. Uh, I went to go hear them speak because Bush was about to invade on a false premise, right? So I knew a lot about that stuff. Oh, did they come down? Of course they did. But that's a conversation for another well, day. Well, no, but it, but it, there's it's a lot of relevant. suspicious suspicious it's very, things. It's very relevant to around this. that event for it's sure. It's very relevant to this. Because, Unanswered question because because. See, my parents, my parents traveled the world in the 70s mm -hmm. and they did it together. Now I find myself doing it alone in the, in the, in the 2000s, you know, in the, in the 20, what the fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> what, what am I looking at here? Look, look at this magician over here. So uh, Abracadef is balancing. The old balancing the can trick. I think he's an amateur magician because wow. I'm seeing some, can, do you see this one? 
<laughs> you gotta take a photo of that, huh? What the fuck is going on here? He's balancing beer cans in midair on their edge, on their bottom edge. And it's a little... Oh, yeah, that's another joke. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beer can in an English accent sounds exactly like bacon, bacon. in a Jamaican accent. Yeah. Beer can. <laughs> and, 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 and Michael Caine in English is, where's my cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> my dad looks just like Michael Caine, by the way. Yeah, fucking looks like a ba- bag of white powder. But now, but now he uh, he he grew his beard out. He looks like Donald Sutherland. But yeah. anyway, uh, I, now that I'm traveling the world alone in the mid 2010s, yeah, and I knew when the towers came down that it was going to change everyone's life forever. Yeah. But mine, extremely so, and. When I compare stories with my parents about travel, they're like, they feel sorry for me. They're like, you know, we, you can't go where we oh, went, you know, yeah, you can't do it. Yeah. Like, like it's cheaper to travel, right? but you just like, the Middle East is such a beautiful place and it's so hard to go. Like they've totally, like the hippies used to do the, the I forget the, what they used to call it, like the... Um, Silk Road. They used to do the Silk Road right. from Europe in a big ass fucking bus into India, yeah, and go from yeah. Eastern Europe to the Middle East, straight, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they used to have the time of their fucking lives, and that's off the table now completely. And another thing is just, um, you know, uh, airport security. Oh and man, a lot of growing fear of paranoia. Like, like it's not all, all the security stuff. Shoes off in this country. You keep shoes on in the other country. You know, and 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 just. You know, governments are really weary on another level right now. Like, I'm going to tell you what happened to me in Namibia and why that ended. Because... Yeah, yeah let, let's let's go back to no, that. No, but it, it, it yeah, ties yeah. in. Okay. It all ties in. <laughs> Seinfeld. It all ties in. Uh, I, was, I went back and forth for a year and a half because my dad had moved to Malaysia. Mm. So I started doing this weird... I started having this weird Namibia Malaysia life where like I would every few months when my Hey yo Turn every, it up, bro. Every few months when my visa expired, I would fly to Malaysia and hang out with my dad. And then I would go back to Namibia and start the process anew. Uh, but see, there's a reason why most seasoned travelers end up in Southeast Asia, and it's because it's cheap, it's safe. And um, they don't care how long you stay. You can renew your visa till the fucking cows come home. You know. Right. My dad has lived there for ten years on a tourist visa. Every ninety days, he just walks Renewed. across the border. Oh yeah. And turns around yeah. and comes back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you cannot do that in Africa. In Africa, they have some weird colonial grudge that, that that Southeast Asia does not have. You only get three months every calendar year. You can renew it once in Namibia and say that I fell in love with the rhinos and the elephants and I want to stay some more, but that's it. You don't get no more. So I was trying to get a work visa because I was running a business there. That didn't work. Nothing worked. No shit. So at a certain point, I was there for two weeks illegally because I fucking love the place. Like I never made so many new friends in my life. I fell in love with the place. I wanted to stay. I wanted it to be my new home. And then, um, you know... People get, people relax in the weirdest moments, you know? Like I knew I was illegal, but after so long illegal, you just, you forget about it. You start thinking that you're normal again. And this girl that I know was running a fashion line and she asked me if I would model for her fashion line. 
So I'm like, okay. And I'm in her clothes and I'm taking pictures. She's taking my picture, right? Then a cop comes out of nowhere and he's like, yo, you know, you're in, you know that there's government buildings in the background of your picture. And this is what I'm talking about. This level of paranoia to where a government building 2,000 oh. feet in the background is considered a security risk. So if you're doing something that's suspicious or maybe a ploy to get close to that building under the guise of a photo shoot or something, and so I you got sweated over that. Sweated? They put me in prison. I was what? in prison for three days. Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> and then I got deported. What? Yeah. That's bananas, man. They put you in prison for three days for taking a, f a couple of photos in front of a... a well, yeah, but, but because then it, it was revealed that... I had an expired visa. I didn't go to. Right. I didn't. You know. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the inquiry led to that. Right. Okay. So I was in jail for three days. Uh, they threw me in front of a judge and the like judge, a holding cell or yeah. No, I was. I was. Uh, general pop. I was in general pop. Wow. In, in Namibia, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was that like? I mean. I mean, I was the only guy with shoes. It was, like was, was there cement on the floor even? It was cement floor. Yeah. Rats and roaches and crazy shit? Um, I didn't see any rats. I saw a lot of roaches. You uh, have your own cell or like? No, 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 no. Just like a. I had a cell like half the size of this room with about 30 guys in it. Wow. And, and we just slept on the floor, sardine style. Scary and like, shit. It was like a makeshift. No bunks, nothing. Please. Jesus Christ. And it was like a makeshift ceiling, but it was all made of bars because, yeah. you know, we're the newbies in yeah. this cell. GP is where the, the old timers are at. And a lot of them are so skinny that they can literally fall through the ceiling and land right in front wow. of you and start like, you know, interrogating you for money or whatever the fuck you might yeah, have. Yeah. But like, they were I mean, cool. So wait, were you the only white, white Westerner in the there? Of course. So, but, what but, was that like? Just not to sidetrack too much, but that's, that's, that's like a, uh, what's it called? Midnight Express experience. Well, it was, it was actually all right because they were more just curious. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And luckily, I was only there for three days. Yeah. If I'd been there longer, like, the, like there were guys that were angling and trying to get an angle, and I managed to hold them off. Yeah, because you're used to that by now, you know, I in mean, general, you know. You know, I was, you know, I was scared. But still, I was scared, fucking but I, but Namibia, I, you man. know, game, like, you know, when, you know, when shit hits the fan, you'll be cool because you have to be cool. Got to be cool. Yeah. You know, I'm like, if I panic now, that's it. I'm done. That's it. Yeah. Toast. Yeah, you're, so you're, I just kept it chill, man, and I, I just let them think that I was going to be there for a very long time because if they think you're leaving tomorrow, then they're really going to step up efforts yeah, to yeah, get yeah, you yeah. tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart. The only other, um, the only other non-Africans in there were these uh, three Chinese guys that were in for poaching ivory. That's some real bastards. And they yeah. and, and they were in the yard with their little tea machine. Like it was yeah, some yeah, real yeah. fucking yeah. crazy shit. Right? Yeah. And. Uh, uh, by the way, we're only at, at, at leg one of yeah, yeah, yeah. one bag <laughs> shit. And I feel the memoirs coming on already. Oh, Do you it, know what I'm talking it, about? It, it goes <laughs> on and on and on. I was in there for three days. I was lucky I got out when I got wow. out. I would have had something very bad would have happened to me. I know yeah. for a fact. It, they already had started loading up their agenda. Yeah. There are a few guys that were already milling around. You know, like the, the, the common trick in the jail there is, hey, I'm sure that you need to contact one of your friends, why don't you use my phone? Because a lot of guys have phones in there. And what they do is they go back and they look at the number you called and then they text them and say, we have your friend. Exactly. Kidnap. you got to yeah. send us money. Because there's a, you know, there is that element that like, likes to kidnap in those parts mm -hmm. of the world. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a held for ransom. Right now you wire, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a number. And that number, you know. So I'm deleting the, the SMSs from the sent box. Yeah. 
and I'm putting JD at the end so that they know that if they don't see my initials, yeah. they know it's not from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the problem yeah. is, is I give the phone back to the guy, and then you go. Then they and then my friend texts back. So, ah. You know, it's because so you, you were you were in need of assistance because you didn't know how long you were going to be held. I, I was telling my buddy to get me a lawyer. Right. So he got me a lawyer, and then they threw me in front of the judge. The judge says, "Okay, no harm, no foul. You got a week to leave the country on your own." And I walked out like, "Woohoo!" Wow. And I walked right into the immigration officer that arrested me, and he was like, "Oh no, I don't care what the judge said. You don't go anywhere unless I sign off on it." Ah. And he they threw me right back in. In jail again? Yes. Oh man! I was just like, I was like, can What? you at least let me take a shit? Because, because the, there's you know, toilet the, paper the, here. The, the, no, no, no. Because I don't, I, I didn't take a shit for three days. Yeah. Because that's where they get you. Out in the, in the shitter, huh? That's wow. where they get you. Because then, yeah, you're confined. Literally, you're done. solo. Boom. Done. You're done. Wow. So you need to. So I was like, okay, dump. okay. I was like, okay. If I'm not going back. If I'm not leave, if I, if I have to go back to jail, can you please let me take a shit? Yeah, and he yeah, was like, yeah. all right. And yeah. that was it. And then he threw yeah. me back in. And how long this time? Uh, I don't want to hear no crazy another shit. Another day and a half. Jesus, man. And then your friend again, the lawyer again. And, got, and what and an got, asshole got that fucking guy that could have just signed off. They put me in a paddy wagon and they drove me to uh, the airport and they fucking put me on the plane in cuffs like fucking Dr. Lecter. They sat me next to some like German chick and she was like, Who's what this guy? <laughs> and then that was it. I got deep. Were you wearing uh, civilian clothes? Yeah, but yeah. filthy. You know. Yeah, yeah. At that point, to high heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no shower. And nothing. it was Namibian. It was it was like July, which is Namibian winter because they're okay. Southern Hemisphere. So I I was it was freezing in the cells. I had a jacket. I gave it to this one kid named Sylvester who was looking out for me. I hope he's all right. Yeah. And uh, and and I. Um, I got sent back to England because I have an English passport and a so US passport. So England, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I have two passports. So all of a sudden now you're in Europe by, uh, by uh, what is it, uh, the, falling, the falling of the cards or whatever? Yeah. You know, the, the hand of fate? Yeah. And you're like, wait, I, I, England was probably not on your itinerary. It was not on my itinerary. But, <laughs> so you're there now. But I lost my U.S. passport to a shady-ass lawyer that was holding it for me to supposedly get it stamped and fix my visa problem. But, you know, when I got kicked out, I didn't have it. So boom. And this is prior to the, to the jailing. Right. So oh, I, had to, I had to go to England and get a, um, a you know, a temporary U.S. passport. Right. And so now you know, you're in England. I'm in England, and I'm like, you know, I had invested a lot in Namibia. Like I wanted to stay, and it was very, it was sad for me because I loved it on so many levels, and it was like it was the end of a dream. And you were actually building, doing like a thing that's good for for all parties involved. This is a positive thing through music. And then one slip up two weeks, okay, I didn't get the stamp, but look, can you look at my situation here? I'm actually not a, a, a profiteer or, you know. They don't care. And literally, like, three or four officials on the stage of this journey said to me, what would happen if we tried to stay in your country over the visa? And, and, and so it was obviously, it's a, it's, it's a bit of payback involved, mm. you know. Right. They're smacking me down hard for, right. to make a point. Yeah. But the funny thing is, For is, a perceived point, at least, because they never went through that. And the funny thing is, is I have friends from Namibia who now come to America, and America gives them 10-year multiple entry visas, like fucking candy, you know? Because yeah, 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 Namibia yeah. is not a particularly poor country. I mean, it is, but, you know, it's not very hard to demonstrate that you have money. There are some people there with some serious money, and they, and they just, yeah. they get it way easier, you know? So now I'm in England, and I'm regrouping. So, so this begins... You know, the, the first phase of one bag was Africa. The second phase was Asia. I went back to Malaysia and I started building there. 
I opened an office there and uh, I lived with my father and that was great because like I told you, my father wasn't around when I was young and I, uh, I, I, now I have a father like, and now I have a friend. Like he's like my best friend. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know? So it was really necessary and really important. And, and, uh, you know, ultimately Asia is the place to be at least for now because, you know, Asia and Africa are polar opposites. In Africa, you're going to have the time of your life. You will come home at breakfast every, every morning after a night out. You will make tons and tons of friends, but business is going to be very difficult. Yeah. And visas, and that's due to what uh, is it due to the lack of that business sort of making things like by the book corporate, you know, filing this and that. It's just or is it is it, is it like because people don't really respect good. it yet as a system that can really work or something? I'm just grasping in the dark. Well, first, here, first reason, it, first reason it's going to be difficult is because you can't get a visa to stay. Yeah, and then if you're lucky enough to get a visa to stay, then you have to try to get a business visa. Right. Uh, you know, set up an official trader business. investor visa or something. It's fucking hard. Yeah. Like they, they're used to diamond miners. They're used to right, right, you right, know, right, they're right, used right. to fucking those guys. Right. I'm just one dude with a backpack. They're like, get the fuck out of here. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contrast that with Vietnam, which is the fastest growing economy in the world right now, yeah. and we didn't have to show them anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We literally just it was done. Yeah, yeah. visa no problem. Open and, a business, and, no problem. And do you think that is because of you know way back when it was like a French colony, so they've inherited some of that. No, I mean stuff, or look, they just figured it out. Maybe it was a German colony, is you or whatever, know, yeah. like, like I'm the, I, I really don't know. That's why I'm asking you, honestly. No, no, no. I'm telling you that that it's not because of a colonial thing. It's just because um, Chuck, give us another one, will you? Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. No, um, Africa is just very disjointed. You know, yeah. there's there's a pretty there's a pretty decent level of cooperation between the Southeast Asian countries, right? But there is no cooperation. In Africa, every country in Africa is essentially on its own, right? And it has a whole different set of rules and laws. And air travel is very expensive. Yeah. Like in in Asia, you do fifty bucks. Yeah, Thailand yeah. to Vietnam, you know. Yeah. English is pretty widely spoken. No, actually, that's a total lie. Um, Africa is very widely spoken, and that's why it's a big missed opportunity because Africa has hundreds of millions of young people, all hip hop fans, all hip hop fluent, all English speaking, like. The person who unlocks the African market is going to transform hip hop. And that's my goal. That's what I am wow. trying to do with my marketing arm. Because lyrical hip hop needs new breath and new blood. And it's out there. I've seen it. Yeah. They listen to lyrics like we used to listen to lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they listen to it in 2019. Yeah. They sit around dissecting every line. Did you hear that? What do you think it meant? Like yeah. they, are, they go in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we need that because we're so jaded over here. We're so done with it, you know? Right. So it's like I'm still getting used to hip hop being pop now. You know, it's like the popular music. Yeah. When as you know, when we first you know got involved, it was just like you got you had to dig for it. It was a subculture. You know, you you defended it also. You yeah. know, if if you had a friend that wasn't as versed as maybe we were. And and they throw in a good track, that's cool. But then you know the next track wasn't going to be dope. <laughs> and then, then, then we'd grill them for it, you know, for like yeah, the yeah. next half hour. No, I mean, yeah. it, it, but but there's you know there's such like the biggest surplus in the world right now is music. Like right. there is so much music coming out every single day. There is a lot of good shit coming out, but it's just like anything. When there's too much, you value it less. Mm. So we just don't yeah. value music on the same level anymore because right. there's so much of it. Right. So and also out of I think hip hop is beautiful because 
the, the phrase out of limitation comes inspiration. Mm. I think with at least the, the first wave and then the golden era of hip hop, it you don't they they run parallel. Out of limitation comes inspiration. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do whatever you want with you know. You got the fan bases, the studios, you know, the recording devices, anything you want. It, it's gonna be harder to to find that flame, that fucking real passion sometimes. But right? but but it's out there. But it's out there for sure. It's out there. We just it's yeah. not our sound. You know, I, I'm not gonna right. speak for you, but yeah, I, I, I fuck really, with it a little bit. But I'm not like I don't understand going heavy. I, I don't understand or enjoy most modern yeah. hip hop these days. But you know, that's that's par for the course. I'm 40 years old. Right. But 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 I see what's being done. There's a lot of innovation on the music. There's a lot of dope and, shit. and a There's business a of level. Right. You know. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm glad hip hop evolved. That's why we're still alive. Like we are number one. Do you remember that EDM was kind of like, what was it maybe five years ago? EDM thought it was hot shit. It was like two years uh, uh, and they were just like, we won, yeah. we're number one. And then like, uh, I was actually like, fuck, maybe it's over. But uh, yo, uh, hip hop is yeah. completely smashing every genre of music yeah. right now, financially. Because you, you know what it is? It's like when, when you sit down and, and, and you hear an interview or you see an interview, with the person that's doing the lyrics, you can't in a most in a lot of cases you can't get away from the realness. Yeah. Sit down with an EDM motherfucker. It's yeah. it's it's fun. They're just it's goobers. Cool. They're goobers. <laughs> you know, and it's totally fine. But it's just there's still reporting going on, you know? And that's what hip hop to me always was, is we're getting a reportage, beautiful word, into a world that maybe you you kind of crossed into a little bit. You have friends there, you you know, but it's not really your world. You know, and if it was your world, then that's also fucking fine. And then you could relate on, on the deepest levels. And I think that's why what you're saying to me now rings a bell. Mm-hmm. Because Africa must um, must be in that sort of infancy stage where they're kind of like the, the you know, the, the, on the silent, not in a way, the silent majority. They Africa's are. a huge country, 55 countries yeah. on the continent of Africa. And and I know one guy, Atakak. You know this guy? No. It's hilarious, beautiful stuff. Atakak. Uh, Where's he from? Uh, I think he's from Ghana, if I'm mm. not mistaken. Okay. And like he makes stuff in a shack. And shouts to Malarco from uh, from London, who put me up on him uh, like four or five years ago. Uh, just like it's 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 homemade. And he's got his mom singing on, on the thing and everything, but it's fucking on point. Mm. And it's not perfect. You know, it's like, it's a little bit like there's humoristic aspects to it, but overall the energy is like, okay, you cannot not fuck with this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that what you're onto right now is like, it's, it's like, it's, it's a true thing. It's, I mean, it's a big as, as an as a underground MC, you know, I was here for 10 years trying to do it. We did BLX, we had a crew, we had a buzz. Jail, drugs, implosion, you know, the usual stories, you know, West Coast, West Coast groups, LA groups, I don't know what it is. Far side, freestyle fellowship, you know, it's just personalities clash. I don't know what happens. Maybe it's Hollywood, maybe someone goes Hollywood and it all just kind of falls apart. But I just saw it happen time after time. And then I saw all my guys trying to trudge on solo. I did the same thing, everyone, but you know, we are, we are crew MCs, you know? We come from the tradition of rapping together. Yeah. So when you separate us, it's cool, but it's, you know, it loses- There's no it, Voltron It loses effect. the original energy that brought us into this right. shit. Like I didn't sign up for this shit to rap alone. Right. You know, now, now I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm literally 
in the jungle alone, tracking myself alone. Like I make hip hop alone now yeah. and it's fine, That's but crazy. it's not what I signed up for. You know what I mean? Like we come from the crew aesthetic, you know? Right. So I'm just trying to find out how we can bounce back in style because there's a market for it. I've seen it, you know? It's just that there's been no one organization to unite underground hip hop on a data level since Rock the Bells. Rock the Bells was the last organization to put everyone on one email list, right. one channel, you know, yeah. like this Even got the far side to be back hip-hop. together again. Like, yeah. like you, yeah. if you wanna be clued in, this is it, yeah. you know? So I'm trying to build that. Yeah. But Europe is still fucking a lot. Like I, I heard Jeru, I met, uh, who did I meet? Uh, uh, forget his name right now, uh, from Houdini. He, he rolled up on me while I was painting. He's like, man, this is, reminds me of back in the day. Nah. Like, and this guy's talking with so much finesse. He had the Kazals on. He was looking like, man, this guy's too fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not even uh, West Coast fresh. This is like some Brooklyn fresh. Yeah, that's that old school hip hop. And so he, no one ever fresh like them. Man. And 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 he's over here doing his thing, and, and we stayed in touch. And I painted a wall in Venice uh, based on a Jeru lyric. Mm. You know, the only we can save us uh, mm. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? That, that. That's from uh, Ain't the Devil Happy. Uh, uh, and so I right. broke that down to him. He's like, well, I'm gonna, let's send this to Jeru right now. So Jeru lives in Berlin. That's how I came to find out. I'm going to Berlin yeah. next week. Yeah, you should it'll try to link up. But you know what I mean? So over there, you know, and you brought something up earlier, and it's true. And I saw it in Japan also. When I went to Tokyo, I saw. People dress like greasers, you know what I mean? Uh, vintage uh, chicks, and they all have their stores, they're this, they're denim, they're, you know, and, and w- what they take from the subcultures from the West, mm-hmm. right? They then take it, but they fall extra in love with it. Mm-hmm. It's not a periphery thing, it's mm-hmm. not a lifestyle thing, but it becomes that, and, and they love every stitch and every detail about it. And I think the US, for the most part, it's just like part of who we are here. But we don't have to fight for that, right? Yeah, of course. And so, but in the fighting, it becomes truly your cause. And I think you, especially with regards to like that era of hip hop, like Europe is very strong. There's a big circuit. It's like all, it's like all big movements. I mean, you can take religion, for example. You know, in Europe, they're over religion completely. Like Christianity, you know, the average Western white person in Europe is completely over it. But if you go to places where it's newer, like South America, they're very right. devout Catholic. Yes. You know, uh, uh, Malaysia is hardcore Muslim. Like yeah. they, like when you go to Iran, if you go to the average Iranian person's house in Iran, they're all Muslim, yeah. but they're drinking, boy. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in Malaysia, no, I know yeah. that not only are they Muslim, but when yeah. I go to their house, there will be no drinking. Like, yeah. like the newer converts, they take a lot more seriously. Right, right, right. And, right, and, right, right. and that goes yeah, for exactly. That's a well. great point. That's a nice yeah, parallel there. Yeah. I wonder how long it can take the whole world not to start drinking again. <laughs> That's a great point. Um, but speaking of Malaysia, yeah. that, was the, that, that, that was the next phase of One Bag. Uh, I lived in Penang in northern Malaysia. Most people live in Kuala Lumpur, that's the capital, but I right. lived in Penang. And I I hired a few people, I continued my efforts. I was doing some recording um, and I got to know Southeast Asia. And um, I tried to get a work permit there to open the office officially, but they, they, need, they need you to invest a hell of a lot of money in order yeah. for that to work. That's another oil state, Malaysia's very rich. Yeah. And and you you know as such they're not really interested in a guy like me with their piss, right. with his piss ant money, 
So I tried that for two years. Didn't work out. So I'm saying to myself, okay, I tried to do Namibia, which is a pretty random place no one has ever heard of. I tried to open a business there and I did it for love. I did it because I loved the place. And then I tried Malaysia and I did that because I love my dad. So now I got to try, I got to take love out of this. I got to go where it's going to work. So I spent a year going to the obvious spots. I went to Greece for a couple months because they just had the economic crash full of overeducated, underpaid, very smart people. But then I rapidly figured out that um, there's a reason they're broke. And the reason they're broke is because you have to pay like 40% social insurance for these guys. You know, right? Their pension. Belgium is, is the same, humongous. man. Humongous. Yeah, 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 yeah. So is that socialist aspect that as an empl- as an employer, you got to really take care of the people you hire. Fucked up. And and I, I, even in part time like situations, I think you still got to contribute up. heavy. So that was over. So I flew from uh, I flew from India. No, I flew from um, Greece to Norway for a week. Saw a friend in Norway, and then I went to Mumbai. I flew from. Oslo to Mumbai, which if you wanna if you wanna line up the two most disparate cities that you can think of for culture shock, yeah. it's Oslo and Mumbai. Yeah. Like the, the the train to pick me up, they 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 in Oslo to go to the airport, they measure its arrival in milliseconds. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. says this this train will arrive at four thirty two and maybe like I swear to God, yeah. like I saw it and and it lands on the dot and yeah. you can't even hear the engine. As you're on this thing, it's just. And then when you get there, and someone points it out, hmm, as expected. Yes. <laughs> and and then and then I as expected. I'm landing on I'm landing in Mumbai, and yeah, I, yeah, it's right. I said landing on Mumbai. It is. You don't land in Mumbai. You land on Mumbai. Yeah. Like you land on cows that like have a kid under them that yeah. people forgot about, yeah, but the yeah, kid yeah. is still alive, and yeah. then the kid crawls yeah. out like and runs off somewhere like. I had an Airbnb for one month and I would walk out in of Mumbai. There. Yeah. And yeah. I would walk out of there over bodies. I mean, they were alive. They were sleeping, hungry, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, people are going to say, oh, that you're dramatizing things. I lived in Mumbai. For no, no, blah, but it's blah, one of the most years. population dense but, but, but places in the in, world. In, a, in, in the average street of Mumbai, yeah. there are going to be people laying around and yeah. they're going to be fucking hungry. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you just, it's just life, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was there for one month and I took a lot of interviews. I did a lot of intel, see if it was going to work out. Because, you know, you hear about India, you hear about the marketers, you hear they're good. But they weren't really, I wasn't very impressed. Like, Isn't it a lot of outsourced Americans? Yes, and they're very by the book. They're right. very, you know, I don't. It's like that British, that British is in them. Yeah. Right. Right, but you know, like everything cross shirt. Exactly, they're very. Exactly. It's very. It's very civil servant kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. There's no entrepreneurial. Uh, no, there's no entrepreneurial. Right. Spirit Which is that there, American? You know, thing, they're yeah. just like I do this. Right. And that's it. Yeah. Like, you know, I was asking, okay, you know, what's your marketing approach? You're like, well, you know, I post a picture at ten. I post a poll at two. Yeah. I fucking ask you to fucking sign it. It's, uh, and just India is a lot. You know, if you want to live in India, like I love a lot. I'm I'm all about a lot. Like Vietnam yeah. is a lot too. Vietnam yeah, yeah, is yeah. completely bonkers. Yeah, but India has, in my experience, it has some more nasty edges. It has some more unsavory edges. Yeah. You know, like 
the whole thing about Indian men and the you know romantic sexual politics. Like in my experience, it's real. Like I saw. What do you it. mean? Well, you know, you, you know, you hear a lot about rapey India. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was I was going there like. Please yeah, but that whole caste system is is very much alive there. It's, I mean, it, it is real. You know, you yeah. know, it's there. It is what it is. You know what I mean? And I was yeah. Well, the- women is sort of like second class citizens and and property and you know you should be so lucky you got married. I was going right? there like type of thing. I was going there like please prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. Mm. Please prove me wrong. I went on two dates and on I went on two dates with two women. On both dates, a man came out of nowhere screaming like, "Why are you with this man? What the fuck?" And, and drag them off. And I'm just sitting there. Related to that woman? One was, yeah. and one was not. One, wow. one, one knew her, uh. and the other one didn't know her from Jack. No shit. And she's being dragged out from the day. One got dragged, the other one just got interrogated until she was just like, I gotta fucking go home. Be- because A, you're... Foreign. Foreign, yeah. It's all about the foreign. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's it. So I just, you know... So like this was sort India, of like a, India wasn't sort India of like was, you don't get to do this you don't get to escape our system type of thing you India don't, wasn't on my side yeah so I go back to Malaysia yeah so this is after a month there yeah I go back to Malaysia no pussy in India no pussy in India no pussy in India nah nah well I mean there's some beautiful girls man but but no no it's uh no I mean and and I spent New Year's Eve in Goa yeah and Goa I met my sisters there. And Goa on New Year's Eve. They're also the traveling types. Huh? Yes. Yes. yes I know that. Yeah. They met me in India. And Goa on New Year's Eve is literally half a million Indian men and nobody else. <sighs> That's a bummer party. And they are psycho drunk. Like, yeah. I've Oof. never seen anything like it. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they go on the beach and they, you know, start little bonfires and they dance. And they are so drunk. Like, I saw a guy jump and barf. <laughs> and, like, and, like, and like the barf landed on him and then he landed on someone else, you know, like, it, like, it, it, you know, it's, it's a bit scary. It yeah. is a bit scary. And, and, and the, uh, the pollution is, I mean, you just have to see it to believe it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, everyone always says, you oh, you got to go find yourself in India. I, I never had that calling. I'll be fine not to go to India, but I do like the colors and the things and the this and no, the that. No, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I recommend, speaking, I recommend yeah. everyone goes to India. Right. It, has, it has more culture than, bar none, more culture than anywhere you'll go. Right. Completely, totally. And uh, it's just so much history, culture. But right. you also need to go to see what the world could look like in 50 years. Or not even 50. Yeah. We could say 20. Right. You know, the end of the world is happening now. Yeah. And it's happening in India. Yeah. And I've seen it. Like, wow. like, like, you know, we, 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 we took a plane to Delhi, but it was delayed for five hours because apparently the pilots can't see the tarmac anymore. So they have to wait. Why? Because it's full of people? No, it's full of smoke. Full of, full smoke. of smog. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. they have to wait till that clears up. Yeah. There's a limit. Even with navigation systems and all that, there's a yeah. limit to where... You can land this fucking plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were there for five hours, and that's pretty commonplace. And once we got into the airport in Mumbai, uh, in Delhi, yo, the smog is in the building, like it's Jesus brown Christ, in the building. So, I mean, I would learn more about that in Vietnam. Like where I live in Vietnam now. Where do you live now in Vietnam? I live in Hanoi. In and, Hanoi. And and the and that Hanoi. The, the smog is top ten. Like I've. 
there's been a few times where I walked for 20 minutes because I love to walk and I have a sore throat for no one week shit. and it gets worse the more I breathe in. Yeah. Like if I if I exhale my lungs all the way, it'll continue to hurt more and more. Is it from more. what they put in the river? Is it industry? What it's, is it? It's everything. It's, it's 20 million. No smog checks on nothing? It's 20 million motorbikes. Yeah, minimum. that's a lot. It's... 20 all, million it's, motorbikes. It's the Samsung factory and the Nike factory and the Tommy Hilfiger factory yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're all there. It's it's toxic garbage air coming from China's factories, which is 200 miles yeah, yeah, away yeah. from But the Hilfiger. winds probably blow it that way. Yes. Right. And it's um, and it's yo, it's the war. God knows what's in the in the yeah, ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, eat with the food we eat. Huh. There's there's rules. The Vietnamese will tell you the rules of buying food in Vietnam. Don't buy it from those pretty old grandmas with the with the coned hats who are selling that really good looking vegetables and meat that's too cheap to be true because it's not. It comes over the border from China and it's injected full of. Things that you can't, you don't want in. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go to the supermarket, like it's, it's cold like Monsanto's, like that. That'd be a welcome uh, dish of vegetables if you got Monsanto vegetables. Yeah, yeah. that'd be way better than that. God, man. give yeah, me yeah, some yeah. Monsanto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, you either go to the supermarket and you buy that, even though like right outside your house is this old lady, and it, it looks so. Quaint. It's beautiful. Like I would love yeah. to buy from you. Yeah. But I walk right past her and I go to the supermarket. Or if you're lucky enough to have a friend, and I do, my landlady, she grows her shit at the family farm. Out right. Of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I that, take what that's she That's the ticket. Yeah. 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 I take what she gives me. Yeah. But pollution in Asia is real. Yeah. And uh, so wait, how did you come to like now we, we went uh uh now from Mumbai three. to Delhi? Now back and forth to Malaysia, thing. and now we're getting uh, to the discovery of Vietnam, yeah. which is a whole other country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they're all distinctly different, obviously. Different cultures, different backgrounds, different everything. Yeah. So how did you land on that? Let me go check out Vietnam. Well, I should, I should back up for a second and tell you that these are the big chapters, but it, within them are small chapters. Right. And that's There's where been I'll, a lot of traveling and discovery. And that's where a lot of the too. music got done. Like, for right. instance... Um, there's an Italian producer who lives in Milan called Funk Prez. And he invited me to Milan. And we made an EP where he raps in Italian and makes the beats and I rap in English. So we have five songs of that. Then- At um, every stint like this, let's say when you go to Milan, uh, you stay there, what, a month, two months, three months? What, what can we picture? It's- Or you prep and then you lay it down. You're there for a couple of weeks. It's normally two week stints. I write. A good portion of it before I get there. Mm -hmm. And then I, I finish up on the spot. Uh, I, I got five songs with him. And then the third One Bag Project album was recorded in Cambodia. Mm. I have a friend named Mute Speaker who's an Irish guy. And he moved out there, got married. And, uh, and, he, and he invited me to come hang out. And um, he produced the majority of that album. Another guy that contributed a few tracks to that is a, a guy named DJ Squigs and he lives in southern Thailand and he's from Britain. So the 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 uh the Cambodia album is called Farang, which is what they call white people out there. Farang is foreign. Oh yeah yeah so yeah, it's yeah. it's it's an album all about what it's like to literally be a white guy in the middle of South Expat life. Yeah exactly yeah. But like a, a specific strain of expat life where you don't have a whole lot of money 
and you know you came out there alone just a swinging dick right and art in your heart and 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 you know the culture shock and survival and you know trying to make sense of your decision Mm. and uh and all of that stuff right Uh, you know it's it's a niche album but the people that will understand it it's gonna it's gonna throw them for a fucking loop because it's our life me Mute speaker, Squigs, my father. I've met tons of these guys. They're floating around Southeast Asia. It's been They're all involved in some shady shit. Yeah. And they all maybe married some local woman. And, you know, they 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 thought they thought they found they thought they found the hack. You know, in one of my rhymes it goes, Oh, you you you, you, you just something to the effect of, you know, modern American life is relatively dreary and expensive and you know you're you're supposed to get married and do all this bull crap and you thought you found the answer you thought you found the way out you thought oh great southeast asia yo it doesn't matter how old you are the girls love you it's cheap as dirt and uh no one's on your ass so everyone goes there and it's like "Mm, well it is cool but you know it ain't it's not all it's cracked up to me at the same time you know what i mean like i I think i think uh when that that works right but i think you have women's best uh you have their most attention when they think you're going back to where you came from because then they can kind of like piggyback you know like join you and go to that western world that's the big promise right? i mean it depends in a lot of cases to be honest i mean you know, you know, for most of them, it's quite sufficient if you just agree to, st- if you're just going to stay and take right. care of them and, and live there, you know, because right. yeah. you'll still... But the take care of them factor is a big one. Sure. I mean, right. it's, but, you know, and that's not specific. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not specific to Southeast Asia. That's just specific of more traditional society. Right. Exactly. You know, right. like, it, it just you could go it, all around the world and see that. Right. That, that's what I'm talking about. So, and maybe like, I, I just had a notion of like, you know, uh, when you make these moves and and you decide that like look this uh you know uh, sup, uh, supposed american life which was sort of like presented to me we all know what it is once you sort of had your time uh with it and you're like you know what let me try something else let me break you know through this whatever biosphere and and the societal thinking that that that's so obviously going around around here and you made those moves um but then one, two, you know, there's got to be a moment where you land somewhere and, and you're like, actually, what the fuck am I doing here? I miss, I miss a goddamn 7-Eleven. Where's my homies? You no, know? no, no, no. That's one thing I never had a problem with. You never with. had that? No, never. See, I mean, that's, that's I, specific, I think, to being a traveler. I'm starting to miss, right? I'm starting to miss friends and family only now. Only seven and a half years no after No shit. That. But for the that's first, remarkable. For the first few years, I didn't give a shit. Wow. I did not care at all. And, and Because you, you could talk, you could Skype, WhatsApp. No. Like, no, I, no, one ever, no, like, no one ever heard from me. I, I mean, I, I barely kept in touch with anyone. I mean, Charles, yeah. Charles how often do you hear from me? Once in a while. Exactly. <laughs> how often do you hear from me never that's what i'm saying yeah. like and i mean i get like a dm like every un- couple of years that's or something. not unusual yeah. like, like i literally didn't care and so you're like really in and and it's not in, and but i can imagine because I, I know a, a few other travelers right uh, they travel less you're like the traveler on, on this podcast you know so that's why this is extra interesting i think not only for myself but for everyone listening you know, it's it's a different mindset. It's a fearlessness, and it's also uh, uh, I think there's something about the way you live or the way you you look at life that is I'm here now. 
this is fucking beautiful and I got nothing to complain about, right? I mean... But to do that, that, that there's a zen-like quality to that. That's like being in the now, but not in a cheesy way, but actually like, okay, it's not going to be always exactly what I hoped. Sometimes there's jail time, sometimes there's this, sometimes I'm like, you know, there's monkeys stealing my fucking whatever the fuck I got on me. Yeah, that's right? happening. It's going to be difficult. I'm on a date, you know, uh, my all kinds of weird things happening, but still the adventure of it, the, the non-usualness of it, if that's even a word in English, is the reward in a way. I... You know, you're writing something as you're living it, in a way. Hanoi gets boring. It, it's it's uh, it's a traditional society to a certain extent, and you know, I'm boring for starters anyway because I'm a workaholic, and when I'm not working, I'm drinking. So it, it, I'm boring. But even by that rationale, Hanoi is not renowned for its nightlife. It has it. It's there. That's not necessarily boring, by the way. What do you mean? When you're working, you're drinking. You're full of you're full of stories. Well, exactly, you know? but 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 still, like the point is, is like like Bangkok's not boring. Right. Kuala Lumpur is not boring. Yeah. Hanoi can get a little boring. Like it, it's very it's very traditional, relatively speaking. But and sometimes I go, man, I'm bored here. But you know what? Then I walk to the convenience store, and it's a feast. It just the, the retarded shit I see. <laughs> you know, like 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 that, and that's what that's why I love travel because. If I walk to the convenience store here, like I just walked to the convenience store here today and I was bored out of my fucking mind. It's probably I, the same experience. If I do it there, I end up with three pictures that could probably go in a fucking photo book and I have a very weird interaction with someone. I mean, I speak Vietnamese now, so that's throwing everyone for a loop. Like yeah. I'm walking around talking their language. Like, What's it sound like? What do you mean? What does it sound like? It's like, hey, 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 how you doing? No, I, I like. Oh, okay. H how you doing is. Uh, it's like, hey, what's up, man? Good to see you. Well, yeah, yeah. How you doing is. M Kwe Hong. Yeah. You know, if you're younger, then it's M Kwe Hong. If you're older, then it's An Kwe Hong. Like, they're, they're, they're languages. It's like in French, there's like respect levels. There exactly. is no you or me. It's right. only, are you older? Are you younger? Yeah. Are you male? Are you female? Right. This kind of thing. Tu, vous. Yeah, right, exactly. Exact, well, like well, they were a French colony. Ah. Ah, there we go. And, and here, wow. let's take it even deeper because, okay, everyone knows that they're a French colony and, you know, that obviously has a lot of influence on language, but I was just in Portugal and what I noticed on uh, when I was looking uh, at the Portuguese language was that they have, they have letters with the arrow on top. They have letters with the little squiggle yeah. and guess who else has that? France yeah. doesn't have it. Could Vietnam has it. Okay. And the reason when I when no, I no fre, 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 the French language has one word garçon that has a little squiggle under the C. Right, yeah, you're right. Yeah. There are a few right. squiggles, but right. but uh, but in Vietnamese the squiggle is not underneath. Like Portuguese script yeah. has all the same squiggles. I and, see. And uh, and the reason is is that see they cobbled together the Vietnamese language maybe a hundred or two hundred years ago, and it was priests that did it, missionary priests. Yeah, you know, yeah, white yeah. guys are like, okay, fuck, let's take some Chinese. Let's take some of the local dialect. Right. Let's take some yeah. of our shit. Yeah. Sing, bang, boom. Yeah. But they were actually Portuguese. And that's right. why. Ah, that's why. Yeah, 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 the Portuguese yeah. Are, are, are heavy out there. Like, yeah. I just went to Macau yeah. in China. You know, yeah. Macau is Chinese yeah. territory. And it's heavy Portuguese influence. Yeah. Um, Malaysia, in Malacca. Malacca is a heavy Portuguese influence. Yeah. Like, I was, very, uh, I was very happy I went to Portugal. Because I don't know how many people go to Lisboa. You know, I don't know how I that. I painted there. Oh yeah? Oh, what do you think? I uh, I loved it personally. It's so diverse. I, like, I fell in love with it. 
um, it was a very strange part of my life, but I ended up there for a couple of weeks. And I, I loved it, man. Like to me, Portugal, uh, Lisbon, Lisboa uh, in particular, uh, is it, there's something there where you kind of get everything. Everything is... is, is it's the is most it, diverse city I've seen in Europe. Right, because like, it's on that it's on that edge, right? Yeah. It's you know when you imagine like uh, the original travelers, uh, you know people you know landing on Europe probably yeah. came. That the was ports, one of the ports. I mean, it's a strategic Porto, point. Porto, yeah, exactly. Strategic point, and and now you have Brazilians, you have Angolans, right? You have Mozambicans, right? You have Cape Verdeans, North and Africans, all right? Just rolling through, you know, yeah. like in 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 much of the world. Lisboa is like London, you know. It's right. it's a focal point. Yeah. It's a cultural center. And but it's but it's still small towny when you need it to be. Right, right. That's right. what I noticed. And the food is amazing. Yeah. And and it's not that expensive relative to the rest that's of what Europe. I, that's very that's very. Uh, and from true, there, right? here's a little travel hack. Look, if you want to have a Europe vacation and an Africa vacation, because in my experience, you know, people always ask me for vacation tips. They all say, you know, we want to hit two or three cities in Europe. And then they, then you know, other people will say we want to hit two or three cities in Asia, and maybe it's just because I'm a little bit jaded. But most of those countries are not that different. I don't know if it warrants you going to a different country every two or three days and packing and unpacking, right. yeah, yeah, getting yeah, yeah. a new hotel, and, you fun, know, exchanging you know, money you know, and all this bull crap. You know. Hmm. So I tell like what we just did was we went to Lisboa and then we took a hundred fifty dollar ninety minute flight. To Marrakesh. To Marrakesh, Morocco. So, yeah. so you just yeah. so so now you're getting yeah. two very different experiences, yeah. and it's right over the water there. Yep. Yeah, it, I know. Yeah, yeah. I it's just came one. back. That's nice, man. Yeah. Well, I, you ever been? Yeah, um, I went Agadir. I went a couple other places. Tunis also was interesting. Uh, 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 but yeah, what I did because I, I was in uh, Lisbon, and I didn't know anyone there. I don't know even know why I went I there. I don't know. If so. I have no idea. Uh, so. But I'm like, okay, I went to the Montana uh, spray paint shop, said, what's up? Hey, what's up, everybody? Give me a bunch of cans. And I'm like, I, it felt like innocent enough to where I'm just going to like paint in the daytime in the street. And so I did. And so I did like three pieces there. And, and some of those pieces are still up to this day. Wow. But I, you know, you know, there's a bridge downtown. I mean, downtown. And and it, it's like it's like bar row. You take the, the long steps down. There's like a little yeah yeah right? bio alto bio alto bio alto. I have two pieces right there. Yeah yeah yeah. And so the, there's old people watching me. I'm 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 letting them know that it's I'm I'm doing something nice. It's no worry, no policia. You know, <laughs> you know, I, you know. I can be really friendly when when I want to be. And it was just like for me, it was like a seamless, beautiful experience. Everyone's so open. I go to uh, I go to uh, I, I still go to Athens a lot because I did end up hiring a couple of people who work for me remotely, and Athens is graffiti central. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Athens is nuts. Yeah. And and on a side note, Greece will teach you what food is. You know, yeah. like like I told you about Vietnam and the and you know the relatively bad quality of the ingredients. See, it's a shame. Like I always say that America normally does. With a few exceptions, Thailand is an exception, but America normally does your country's food better than you do it. And only because we have better ingredients. Right. You know? But then I went to Greece. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. American food is garbage too. Like you can taste the Monsanto, yeah, yeah. you know? There's yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. off about it. Yeah. When and you don't even notice it till you go to the Mediterranean and you fucking just sit there with a tomato oh, yeah. and just eat yeah. a tomato. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did that. Uh, shouts to Tristano Bergamini. Right outside of Milano is a, a small village called Brescia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's in the, uh, they're in the nylon business over there. That's like the capital of nylons. And so his family had like a nylon thing. And so we did lunch and he plucked the tomatoes from the vine in his backyard and then lunch was being prepped. But everything was just off the land. We saw it alive a minute ago and now like, we're eating it. And that's the thing about my life, you know, like, okay, I did America, I know America. Yeah. I did Africa, I loved Africa, I got kicked out of Africa. Now I'm doing Asia. Asia yeah. is like to, to, to finish up the point that I was making, yeah, is that so Asia and Africa are polar opposites because Africa, you can have a great time, make a ton of friends, party your ass off, right. but business is difficult and Asia is the polar opposite. Right. You won't, I mean, I, don't, I can't speak for anyone else, but I don't have any Vietnamese friends except my staff. I love them to right. death. But they have a completely different lifestyle from me. They're all 25 married with a kid or two. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. And, and, but business is easy. Yeah. But then you go to Europe and you're like, especially for a guy like me that has a lot of Mediterranean blood, I'm just like, yo, like, I'm Iranian at heart. Going to Iran is always going to be a problem for me. It's always going to be difficult. You know, Odds are in my lifetime, that's never going to be a, a real viable option. So the closest I can get... It's like places like Mediterranean, right. Greece. And when I go, I feel it, man. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. I went, like, I love women. I love all women. Yeah. But when I go there and I see there's a magnetism, something, yo, something yeah. comes, there's like you're, you're, something the, comes the, out. The, the positive and the negative are like attracted. Yeah. I just, that, that's my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always leave on the plane. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm making a mistake. Yeah. But, but, I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving a wife behind, but I haven't even met her yet. I'm, yeah. make, I'm making a mistake. But the only thing I know right now, and the only thing I need to know right now is that Vietnam has given me a visa and a business and I'm making money and That's I got good, a studio man. and I got a home and everything's going up. Yeah. And yeah, so And so for now the traveling is is on a pause like No, I mean I I I've, I've traveled more this year than anywhere else. I yeah. just I just went ahead and got an apartment, which by the way is 480 bucks for a beautiful brand new studio in where in, in a, Hanoi. In Hanoi. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. yeah 480 bucks. Brand new studio, housekeeper, housekeeper comes three days a week. That's part of the rent. Yeah, Wi-Fi included. Like yeah, that's you know, peanuts. like like you you know, I I I I can't say it enough. Like if you're if you're struggling out here, yeah, fucking leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because like I'm obviously an immigrant. You know, I came here a long time ago. But when I go back home, I see homies complaining, sipping with at the same bar stool with the same beer. You know, talking about, oh, whoa, 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 it's not working out. And I'm like, look, man, not only are you part of the European community, go, go, go complain in Spain. Go mm. to Portugal. Go I to like Greece. Rhymes. Complain in Spain. I like it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but just make a move, you yeah, know. Yeah, but yeah. I, found, I found that, and you kind of did it at a, at, a, at a later age. You were how old? 32? When I left, yeah. 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 And so I, I feel like the older people get, the more like sort of like cemented they are yeah. in their little... Group, group of friends, family, little job, whatever, whatever it is, things not working out or things that do work out and then marry to that. But like you said, it's not an impossibility. Not at all. Not at all, actually. It's actually a very possible possibility. But I will say this. And, Just a, and, oh. I, and I say this because I have a lot of black friends out here. And I, I, I will add a caveat to what I'm saying. It's, uh, it's not easy to do if you're black. You know, you like you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm basically a white guy. Yeah. I can go to Asia. You know, it's all good. Ha, ha, ha. Right. 
you know? Unless but, you go but, to but, Tokyo. But if, 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 if my I know black some black friends, folks that thrived in, in Japan, though. Right, but that's Japan. Yeah. Japan is different. It's different, man. You, 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 I'm talking about Southeast China Asia. also, I saw a lot of black folk thrive. I'm talking about Southeast Asia. Right. Okay, I see. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit different. Yeah. Like Malaysia in particular, you know, Vietnam, like, like, they don't have a problem with you. They really don't. Like, they're not, m- most people are not racist, like, in a negative way. Right. They're just like, they just will stare at you. Because yeah. they've never seen anything like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you may get uncomfortable. Right. And then the occasional government official might get a little funky. Yeah, you, 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 know have I mean? the, you won't have the, 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 the benefit of their good graces. The, yeah. First, yeah. the first issue in every country right. is the immigration right. department. Right. And I have a deep abiding hatred of mm. all of them. Like, yeah. they're always the dumbest people in the country... You know, like, 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 think about anyone, you know, think about U.S. postal workers, you know, and you, you'll be halfway to how dumb these people are. Yeah. You know, they only have one thing going for them. God bless them. These poor bastards. They only have one thing going for them. And this goes for every single country in the world. Well, Immigration officer only has one thing going for them, and it's that they were born here. Yeah. And they're going to nail you for it. Yeah. Any fucking chance yeah, they yeah, get. Yeah, and yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. black and you show up in Cambodia or Vietnam, I mean, actually, you know what? You know, Cambodia exists and thrives because it's pretty lacy fair, you know? Yeah. Cambodia, Vietnam has a lot of weird, unsavory characters running uh, around. And they ain't just black, believe me. A lot of white people go there and you can see them. Yeah. They are drunk, tattooed up, yeah. won't tell you their fucking names, you know? Like every country has its own kind of expat. Saudi Arabian expats, for example, are always rich. They're always in their 40s, you know, very buckled up, plaid shirt types, you know, right. I mean, getting the money. But Vietnam, since the visas are so lax, yeah. anyone can come. And we yeah. hear about child molesters. We hear about all kinds Woo! of nasty people coming wow. through Vietnam. That's a whole other thing oh, right there. I mean, yeah. look, until the, you know, my dad lives in Malaysia. The reason he lives in Malaysia and not Thailand, which is where all most of these guys end right. up, is because he didn't want prostitutes chasing him every day, day in and day out, saying, you want, you want something, you know? Uh, he's a very tall white man and he's yeah. older. Right. And that's it. They, they assume you're there for one reason. So right, it's like, right, I'm going right. to move to Malaysia yeah. where they, it's not even like right, that. Yeah. No one gives a yeah, shit, yeah, you know? Yeah. But when I first told him I was in Cambodia and he came to visit me, the last time he had been in Cambodia was in the 90s. Yeah. And he was like, why do you want to go there? And I was yeah. like, oh, I got a friend there. He's like, it's, it's, it's full of child rapists. Mm. You know, like Cambodia was a hot spot for child rape. Even to this day, yeah. if you land at Phnom Penh Airport, yeah. you're going to see a gigantic billboard yeah. of this little kid, you know, Oof. looking scared. And then like a white man. That's some creepy Then shit, a white man. man behind bars. Like, wow. And, and I have seen, not uncommonly, a seven-year-old white man walking down the street hand in hand with a probably a 15-year-old girl Ooh. or boy. Ooh. And you know what? Not you can't say upon. shit about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard the same thing... Uh, You know, Thailand is even worse, right? I, I, I was on a, I was on a, a trans-Atlantic uh, flight, to put it in those old-school terms. Yeah, 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 yeah. With, with, with a woman who was Thai. Actually, no, she was French, but then she became naturalized Thai. And she broke it down to me. And she said, well, if, 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 if you're, you know, if, if, you're, uh, if your offspring is female... Right. Or uh, that's a great thing. But if your offspring is male, there's heavy feminization 
of the male offspring because it's you know for some makes reason more makes more money man and i'm like yeah, yeah. wait that's why Thailand are you meaning like boy because like systemically and she's like beyond systemically it's like it's an accepted fact there that oh. most likely you know and most people's means are very uh you know they're broke uh, yeah they're, they're fucking super broke thailand is the yeah. sex capital of the world yeah and if you're a boy and you're poor then you know it's not it's definitely not unheard of that you will end up being a lady boy and you may not yeah. even want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Just, just how it happens, you know? Horror, horror stuff, you know? Yeah, it's I mean, just how it happens. So, uh, yeah, that's a grim, grim little corridor. But, uh, but and, 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 yeah, and, and, but see now, Cambodia is the new Wild West. Right. Because Thailand, like any country, is after long enough of all this foreign activity. Right. Their wages starting to rise a little bit, you know. Right. Then they're and they're just kind of they're not going for what they used to go for. They're not they're not taking the scraps like right. that. Right. So now Cambodia is is the new Wild West, and right. and you know remember Cambodia is getting over a genocide. Right. You know there was the Pol Pot yeah. Yeah. genocide. Exactly. Yeah. And in 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 you know in in that kind of timeline, I mean it ended in the seventies. In that kind of timeline, we're still not even halfway through this thing like yeah when you go around cambodia it's the sweetest people and it's the most unique culture you know they have indian they go they have hindu temples out there that are covered in vines that you know they don't have that in most other parts of southeast right. asia like cambodia has a heavy indian influence like it's a weird unique place but the people are like very happy and carefree in that way that people are when there's some shit that they don't want to fucking deal with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that extra carefulness? They, they yeah. just, they are, and yeah. and who wouldn't be? Yeah, I mean, so I went to the killing they're, fields. They're so, you know, I went yeah. there. Wow. I yeah. mean, the killing fields. Yeah. What a the, film. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the killing fields are where uh, you know Pol Pot was executing babies. You know, slamming. You know, they used to grab a baby by the ankle and bang it on a tree till it died because they didn't want to waste bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you go there now, you will see bones coming out of the ground. Ugh. And pieces of cloth, and 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 these are children, grandchildren of those people, and they're living there in this country, and they're just starting to put the pieces together again. But they're not even trying. They're, they're still on survival mechanism. Cambodia has yeah. Cambodia has no chance. Yeah. You know, Southeast Asia is the Caribbean of China. Right. It is. It is the holiday area. Yeah. You know, and now that China is really flexing its muscles, China has bought up Cambodia. Almost completely. Like yeah. the, the the town that I go to in Cambodia is called Kampot. It's in the south, and it's well known that China loves port cities because they want to control the the waterways. Right. So they 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 took over Sihanoukville, which was the bigger port city, and it was like a a place where a lot of white backpackers went and got drunk and had a good old time. But they literally raised the whole place to the ground. All those sexy dive bars and all that. They completely obliterated a town mm. and they rebuilt casinos and banquet halls and all the things that Chinese people love. And I'm not mad at that. Like, you know, maybe Southeast Asia doesn't need a bunch of white people running around barfing all over everything yeah. anymore. Maybe that era is over. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is what's happening. Yeah. Kampot is next. Like every time I go to Kampot, I'm like, this is the end of an era. Like it's a beautiful place and it ain't going to be here next year, maybe two or three years. And that's been like a theme of my life. I lived in Tripoli for two or three years. And I remember it was all Roman ruins and then brand new buildings. What era? What era? What, what was uh, it? 87 to, 80, 87 to 89. Yeah. I lived in Tripoli and it was 
lots of Roman ruins next to lots of brand new buildings because the oil money. Right, exactly. Very new oil shit. Yeah. Now I look back, it's all ruins. Yeah. Libya is fucking ruined. My sister yeah. was born there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she'll never go back, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then Iran, that door closed. For a while, Namibia closed. Yeah. I, I hired a lawyer to try to figure out my status there. And now, after four years, they tell me I can go back. Yeah. But that's my life. Places that I know, they're either obliterated yeah. or they become wow. unavailable to me. Unbelievable. And, and that, that's always been my life. Yeah. You know? You, so now that I'm in Vietnam, I go, I got to fucking soak this up. And yeah. that's part of the reason why I guess I'm like that. You're asking me why I'm so focused on where I'm at. Because yeah. Because you got to be. I got to be, man. Because if, if, if you don't, maybe it's, you know. And now I finally got what I was searching for seven years for. Yeah. Remember, I went to three countries. Couldn't get this shit off the ground. Now I got it. Now I have two floors, 20 employees. Yeah. I have... I have YouTube marketers on a level that you've never seen. See, Vietnam is a country of 90 million people. Most of them are young. The only bigger country in, in Southeast Asia is Indonesia. And they're Muslim, so they're not really hip to all the social media shit like that. Right. You know what I mean? Vietnam is a communist country. And I appreciate them for that. Because as this guy knows, and you probably overheard, I hate all my fucking friends because they can never work together. Yeah, you know, if if, if 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 we had ever been able to work together, we would be where we want to be right I see. now. So, but these guys, so you're like you're talking about a hive mind. Yo, yeah. that's communism. These yeah. guys are bloop like they wake up together, they go yeah, to sleep yeah, yeah, together, yeah, 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 yeah. and they work as a fucking seamless unit. Yeah, it's really as simple as that. Yeah, everyone in America is like secretly scheming on when they're going to break out alone, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. No one does that out there. Right. We are together. Right. And so as a captain of the ship, it allows you to keep traveling and whatever you check in via... The, yeah, the, I, have the, a, I do the video con conference every year. Right, exactly. And, and, and you give incentives, directions. But for the most part, you've concocted a way to beat, in a way, the, the American system, you know, for whatever it was delivering for you roundabout choosing you know set of circumstances you end up in hanoi mm -hmm. uh living the life which is sort of like american dream style right a little bit, a little bit. but it's like the american dream with a visa yes right? yeah this is my it's still the american dream because the way you're thinking hiring 20 people two floors you know well working at this that's still sort of the american can-do mentality but in a country that maybe wasn't necessarily used to that sort of initiative right well yeah i mean you know what i'm saying well and it's funny because you know there's two things that i think about first thing i think about is that you know if if vietnam hadn't gone through the war would they be the fastest growing economy right now and 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 they and they, they oh, no. probably wouldn't never mind one hour if if vietnam hadn't gone through the war with us they probably wouldn't be the fastest growing economy in the world because because wars create baby booms and wars right. create problems that, that the populace needs to solve and war creates resolve. Like these are tough people. They're very sweet, but they're very fucking tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 they had a huge baby boom. Right. And they're right next to China. So, you know, they know all about competition. By the way, they hate the Chinese way more than us. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. Chinese only colonized them for one thousand years. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So they're, they're, like, they're, they're, like they 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 showed up. They showed up in Vietnam or when Jesus was alive, and yeah. they left one thousand years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So weird to small fry to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
But now I have two green cards. Well, you know, I had an American green card, then I got the passport. Now I have a Vietnamese green card. Big up for that. Fucking- <laughs> Big up for that. That's how weird the world gets, huh? <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I landed there early January. It was, again, an internet thing. Yeah. I just landed there. These three guys are there, fucking beautiful guys, 25 years old. We, 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 we spent a week just comparing notes and talking about how we're going to do this. And then I went and got an accountant and a lawyer, and I found office space, and I rented office space, and we drafted the documents, and we made the business legal, and I found an apartment, and I found a gym, and I started learning Vietnamese, and it's all happened in the last year and a half. All, all that's missing now is a little wifey. Hey. 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 But maybe the wifey life. Maybe now, since you got like a, a strong anchor. Yeah, maybe, right? man. But, but, you know, remember that I'm finally at the moment of truth where mm. everything is supposed to line up. Right. One bag, a real show. All these albums dropping. Right. The company doing its work and yeah. creating this yeah. global underground. So what, what, what's to stop you? Because like, right now, when, when you talk to me, you know, and we're, we're, we're properly caught up, you know, for, for a great deal. I'm like, this is a show. One bag is a show, you know, and yeah. you can like retrace your steps or go to any country and, and be like, you know, when, when you lead with, with, with uh, enthusiasm and art, which in, in your case was always hip hop, right? Lyricism and all that stuff, like doors will open. Mm-hmm. And yeah, most, most of you motherfuckers stay at home, but I went. And, and so there's a way to go and there's hacks along the way. Sometimes you sleep on the floor. Sometimes you do not, Right. But again, it's sort of like a test to like your art, right? Mm-hmm. If, if your art needs to thrive and it just got, it's got to come out. Plus, I'm a sponge as an artist. I got to absorb to then ring out on the album, right? So I think that's a show. Yeah, and, and, and from, also, from, you know, one bag exists for a lot of reasons. But one great benefit is that uh, it gave my music a new lease on life. I mean... You know, as a as a as an artist, and especially as an underground rapper, where things are very literal and there's a lot of ribbity rapping going on, and that's just not particularly in style right now. You know, it gets old, but I found a way to make it unique, yeah, and and infuse it with a crazy life. You know, yeah. like like the, the stuff that you'll hear from me when this starts dropping. You know, you, you may not like it. But there's nothing like it. Right. And it's not like I moved from uh, whatever, yeah. Alabama to Houston. Uh-uh. Yeah. This is something else. Unique shit. You know? And so I remember one thing. Uh, your first album, which I had the privilege of uh, designing the package for. Cheers. Had a line that, man, I think about it, I think, once every couple of weeks. I know which line you're talking I, about. I know it is. I, I told knew you, you were going to bring it up. <laughs> I have to bring it up. Because now I see the full circle. At the time, you were still living in LA. You were in the relationship that was about to end, I think. Yeah. Right? So we're now talking, what, 10 years ago? More. More. No, 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 no. James. Skeletons. James is skeletons. Skeletons. Skeletons was like 2005. 2005. See how that sticks? No, Skeletons with uh, the X-Ray album. So that the line is, and, and why, for me, you know, you had foresight when you said that. Because I, I, I've been thinking all along, like, I, I got to ask what, what, what sort of, what's, 
what's the way of being as a traveler, right? But I think you called it with this line, and the line is, carry yourself correct, always show respect, don't ne neglect the ones you love, and live life with no regrets. Yeah. Right? So I don't know why that caught me so heavy. I get goosebumps thinking about it. Look, real <laughs> It's true. And so the only way to show up somewhere where you're, where, where you're not from it's kind of, that's, that's the rule book right there. Yeah. And of course, there could be branches off of each and one of those. But I think uh, it's beautiful to see that you called it back in 2005. And now you're, you're, you've made all these moves, had all these experiences, and you're living the thing that you, on some level, knew you just could. Yeah, I mean, you, know? you just got to, you know, people, some people meditate. Some people do all kinds of things to try to examine themselves. But me, I just... I just write a hell of a lot about what's going on. And I think that through that process, I mean, the, you know, my journal, I'm sure a lot of it be, will go in a book one day. I'm sure a lot of it will go nowhere. But it allows you to read your life and look back at it. And it allows me to understand who I am. You know, if you understand who you are, then you understand your special strength. I didn't think that when I was a kid, I didn't think that the ability, you know, I thought everyone could do this. I thought that everyone right. could just go somewhere and be friendly and like it would all work out. They can't. They can't. They cannot. You know, I, I, I have set up shop in so many places in my life. Like I'm good at that and I hear the places you went to and to me it's like, ah, I don't even want to go there. You know what I mean? Right. I, I don't want to go there because it's like, uh, it will require so much energy for me to like connect or to like, you know, like I do it. But like half the time, I don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? You know why? And I always knew this about you, Chase. Uh, you're not an insecure dude. Hmm. You, you have always been very secure of yourself. You've always been a very solid dude. You know what I mean? And I've always been an insecure guy. And I know that about myself. But that's what keeps me going. I'm always picking. I'm, it's always the next. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that, that, that's the difference. You yeah. know? When, you're, when you have something in you that you're trying to fill, then you're going to run for as long as it takes to try to fill it. Even if it can't be filled, you might spend a long time trying to fill it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know I know guys who, you know, they think their shit don't stink. I mean, they, they're just chilling. They're just, I'm me, fuck you. And that's it. I don't want to go to yeah. Cambodia. But just, what the fuck do I want to go to Cambodia but, but, for? But you know just, what I mean? But, but, just, but me, but, I'm like, oh, oh, I got I got to go. I got to see. Yeah, because by, by you, you put yourself, it's, it's like in a fighting situation, right? When yeah. you're training boxing, jiu-jitsu, whatever. You want to, you know, you want to spar with a guy that's better than you because yeah. you can learn from that. Yeah. And sometimes moments or situations can have the better of you or can they? And maybe it's not about winning over that. Maybe it's about experiencing and going through those experiences. And P.S., I'm, to be really honest, I'm not like super self-secure, but I know how to project that. So you believe that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, you are very good at it. I'm good at that. Yeah, and and that's like a little bit, you know, the secret to whatever uh, success that I've had is just I I know what you well, what, what you what you can not you particularly, but the world at large, what they need to see for them to believe in me. Mm -hmm. I know that very well. Mm -hmm. But behind the scenes, trust me, I got a lot of insecurities and all And 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 I've always been extremely proud of you yeah. as one of us that fucking broke out. Mm. You know, always. Thank you, man. But I but I but I also know that. You're not American, but like me, you learned that you have to become American yeah. to a certain extent 
in order to be successful in America and just in the American century in this right. modern world. You know what I mean? Right. You learn how to walk tall and kind of pound your chest a little bit. Yeah. Where maybe in Europe, that's not really common. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. People don't do that. They're yeah. just, I'm just a guy. You know, yeah. I'm just here. You know, what the <laughs> fuck? You know? But like, like, like we came here and, you know, with varying degrees of success, we learned how to kind of stick our chest out. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But it is a bit of an act. Like, of course, because people you can, say that, oh, James, you're so, you know, you're so loud and confident, but like, I'm doing that. Yeah. I'm overcompensating. It's compensation. I'm yeah, overcompensating. Yeah, you know, and, 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 but it's also by doing that, you know, the varying on the degree of it, you also uh, inspire confidence in what it, you, you know, it's, it, you're, because sometimes being loud is being passionate. Mm -hmm. And sometimes being passionate, even when people are not asking what, what what's your passion what are you about you know yeah is sort of like it, it it's like promoting the idea in their mind that hey well if i ever need someone for this thing or that thing we can call on malkovich or chase yeah right that's and it. that's that's immigrant mentality here yeah what are we going to do like you know be in the corner i didn't move to this country to fucking be in the corner well you know yeah and, that, and now you remind me of something that i wanted to mention but i forgot and that is that you know, you're saying that um, you're living the American dream somewhat in Vietnam with a visa, but but that's a know, good line actually. But you know what? Or are you? No, no, I have visa. Yeah, 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 you do. Yeah, but you know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when I first moved to America. Right. When I first moved to America, my whole Iranian side of my family had moved here too a couple mm. years ago, and they were happy. It was the gold rush. It was the years. Bet. You know, what I mean, Bet. they were making money. Yeah. But now that dream is in Asia. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. am actually doing exactly what they did. Yeah. I'm moving to the new frontier. And not only that, but I think as I know you for now what more than 20 years. Got to be. Um there's something to be said for doing it on your own. Mm -hmm. Cuz when you come with a family, mm -hmm. which you had the benefit of doing, right? It's a different thing than when you carve, you know, it's the first path mm -hmm. to the jungle, mm -hmm. right? And so there's, there's, a, there's a different sort of like self-respect you can develop over that. Not that, that it's all about that, but the, the, this, part of it. the chin goes up an extra inch. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't tell me nothing actually. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you can tell me everything also. Yeah, but yeah. you're not going to sell me that old bullshit that, 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 that I would have fell for like 15 years ago. You know? Yeah, and see, and here's how... And there's here, something beautiful in that. And here's how I think we can best wrap this up. Yeah. Is I am an insecure dude, but I'm less insecure now. Right. Like, I know after African prison and seven years of traveling and yeah. being broke and making the money and, and doing all this, like, I know I'm going to be all right. Yeah. And by the way, I know you will be too. Ah! Ah! And that's that, my man. Cheers. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. So wait, uh, before you go, by the way, thanks for like making the time. I know you're only in LA for that long. No doubt. Uh, very great to catch up with you. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, MalkovichMusic.com, all the all the platforms. Malkovich Music. Uh, you're gonna see stuff from a few years ago. I've been quiet, but uh, that's all about to change. Everything that you just heard in the last two and a half hours is going to be coming your way in audiovisual form, thanks to a crew of psycho YouTube marketers nestled away in the jungles of Vietnam. So we'll be uh, we'll be delivering shit to you very shortly. Dope, dope. Instagram handle. Malkovich Music, just like John Malkovich, Malkovich Music. And Twitter? 
Same. Same shit. Same uh, shit. You, heard, you heard it here first, uh, folks. That's it for this week. Bro, bro, bro. Blah, Oop, there it was. That was Malky doing the do as he does best. Uh, hope you dug that. And as always, uh, we're always on Instagram at Happy No Fear. I'm, of course, at The Art of Chase. And we will see you next week. Bye bye.